We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we will uh, talk about our favorite plays over at FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend. Week, it's week nine in the NFL. That began last night. Favorite plays for this weekend. Obviously, no Eagle game. Uh, I mean, we could give out some props to the Eagles game last night. I don't, know, I don't know if you could play them. I would go Miles Sanders over. I would over. take the over on Damian, uh, Damian Pierce yards. So how about we go? We would go to Sanders over, Pierce over, game over, gain well touchdown. Uh, that would you throw that in with the Texans to cover? I bet that parlay would have came out a okay, but of course you can't do that because that happened already. I'll give you some plays coming up over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Favorite ones for Week Nine in the NFL. Uh, before that, though, you know we we haven't checked in on our buddy Ben Simmons in a while. Uh, you go up to Brooklyn, and the Nets have become well, not just become they continue to be. An absolute joke of a franchise. You have Kyrie Irving, who, I mean, the guy is, I mean, seriously, is rocks for brains and has taken that to a level where he's now offending an entire religion. He's now suspended by the Nets for at least five games. Um, I just, I have no time for for him. And the guy thought the earth was flat at one point, so he's lost. Kevin Durant is, you know, probably the least aware basketball player, maybe ever great one. But to leave Steph Curry to go to a mess in Brooklyn, he's getting what he deserves. And then there's Ben Simmons. Here's the latest on Ben up in Brooklyn. How are they feeling about the Ben Simmons experiment with the Nets right now? I think he's been a source of frustration Mm. for Kevin Durant, for others on the Nets so far, because he has been unable, uh, now he's unable to to stay on the floor with a knee injury. But prior to that, you know, he has shown uh, that he is a long way away uh, from being back to an impactful player. I think it's a big part of the reason why the Nets are at the very bottom of the league defensively. And none of this really works. Uh, this team was built and, and, and reconstructed around the idea that Ben Simmons would have to play a really significant role for this team. There's no indication right now that Ben Simmons is close uh, to being anywhere uh, back to anywhere near the player he once was. What a shock. I, I love how this is up to the Nets and to Woj. That's Adrian Wojnarowski and ESPN. Like, this is surprising to everyone up there. Like, wow, this Simmons guy's really not any good. He can't stay on the floor. He's not that impactful. I, I love that they're surprised by this. This is one of those things where it's like a collective, we told you so. Like, anyone here could have just screamed this a year ago. Like, all right, good luck with that. I love this. Was it Stephen A. Smith this summer? I was like, oh, this is going to work. It's a perfect compliment to Kyrie and Kevin Durant. The Nets, as of a few days ago, were still the fifth favorite to win the NBA title. Has anyone watched them? Remarkable stuff there up in Brooklyn. All right, quickly, a little reaction on the Sixers tonight. Sixers lose tonight 106-104 at home. Now, they didn't have Joel Embiid. They didn't have James Harden, but the game just wrapped up. 106-104. The Knicks come in here and beat the Sixers. The Sixers were up late watching this game. Uh, as it as it moved on throughout the night, they were up late and they blew it tonight uh, to a, the to the Nets. Excuse me, the Knicks were four and four. Sixers dropped to four and 
Are they four and six now through ten games, or is four and seven? They're four and six, and not only that, they're one and four at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, and this has been a great place for them uh, in the, in recent years. So they, they were outscored thirty-two to twenty-one in the fourth quarter tonight. They could not close this one out. Now, uh, Tyrese Maxey, we talked about it before the game. We said if you could find his props to take the over. He would show, show the load tonight. Tucker said he probably shoot at least 25 times. He did. Now, he was not terribly efficient tonight. Tonight, I wouldn't say it was a great Tyrese Maxey game. He did have 31 points, but that was on 10 of 29, shooting 4 of 13 from 3, including he had a three-pointer late. Pretty good look, and he did not make he did not take a good shot, or he did not uh, shoot it well. It, it you know went almost off the backboard. It was not a good shot at all. So 31 tonight for Maxey, but not efficient. Harris, uh, pretty good, 9 of 15, 23 points. But that was basically the whole offense. I mean, Melton had 12. Um, Harrell had, had 14. P.J. Tucker ch- ch- chipped in his three tonight. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to win games without both Embiid and Harden. I mean, that's that's obvious. But you see, you look tonight at how they tried to score, and they couldn't close the game out. That was the problem. Yeah, I mean, that was the big issue. They, they still had a lead with about a minute 45 to go, and they just couldn't find – anything offensively. I, I know uh, George and Yang hit a three at the end to make it somewhat close and give them a chance to, to tie the game late late in the game, but I mean, no one was sufficient offensively. They shot 37 from mm. the field as a team. They shot 27% from from three. I mean, uh, DeAnthony Melton, who I, I think has been fantastic since he got here, shot four of 18 from the field tonight to go with Tyrese Maxey's 10 of 29. I mean, they just didn't shoot well tonight, and unfortunately, after holding a, a pretty sizable lead heading into the fourth quarter, this stings a little bit because this is a team that has pretty high playoff aspirations. And even without your, your top two guys, I mean, you just got to take care of business at home and win these winnable games. Yeah, and th- tonight was. I mean, the Knicks are not a very good team. Like, they're they're a try-hard group. And they're, I mean, they've got a couple. Uh, Jalen Brunson's on their team now, the former Nova star who signed a big contract with them. And he had 23 points. Now, he's a good player. I mean, you, you do have R.J. Barrett and Brunson. They're not a push-over team. But still, at home, and look, before the game started, I thought, uh-oh, you know, they're they're playing a team that's not a pushover. They're without Embiid. They're without Harden. Not an easy one tonight, but they're up. Like, you go up in the fourth quarter, you feel you got to find a way to close it out. They were outscored 32-21 to 21 in the fourth quarter. So not great for the Sixers, who really have just flown on the radar because we've been so obsessed with this Phillies run and an undefeated Eagles team. So the next Sixers game is Monday. They'll take on the Suns. The Suns are off to a 6-1 start. Um, this schedule is not very easy as they're missed without James Harden here over the next month or so. Like, I'm just looking at their schedule moving forward. Suns on Monday, back-to-back with the Hawks, like a home-and-home with the Hawks on Thursday and Saturday. The Jazz here next week, and the Jazz are supposed to be the worst team in the NBA or one of the worst. They're off to a 6-3 and three start, so that might not be a, c- a complete easy matchup. Bucks after that, Timberwolves, Nets, so I'd say the next week and a half or so is not easy. They're, this is going to be a challenge for them until they get Harden back. And I mean, is Embiid just sick every day? Is that what this is still? I believe so. I still think it's a non-COVID illness, which you, you worry about that. And not only that, but if he really is that sick, how much conditioning is he doing? Is, is he working out before and after every game? And maybe he, he is sick enough to the point where he isn't. And if that's the case, we know from experience – it's going to take a couple of games for him to get back into shape. He, he could come out and also shoot 10 of 29 from the field and, and be inefficient and, and sluggish on defense. So even if he comes back for their next game, that isn't necessarily a, a no. cure-all for everything they're missing. Well, the other problem with them be missing time here with an illness, not feeling well, 
is he was trying to work his way back physically from the, the foot issue he had in the offseason, the plantar fasciitis. So you, that takes time as well. So is he on his feet? Again, I, I don't know what's going on and, and how sick he is if he can keep up his conditioning. My guess, he's probably not. He's going to have to get himself back in an extra shape when he gets back here. So it's it's not a good start. I mean, it's, just, it's not a good start for a team that I think pretty quickly as, as – People are like, ah, all right, well, why don't wake me up when the Eagles and the Phillies are done? But from what I'm, what I'm seeing and I'm watching, not a great start. We might be awoken. I don't really want to wake up. Yeah, we might be awoken by a coach swap or coach firing around Christmas time. That might wake everybody up. I mean, it's not unheard of for a team to be hovering around 500 around Christmas time and kind of get hot, right? I mean, even the first year with Embiid and Simmons when they went to the playoffs, they were under 500 going into their Christmas game against the Knicks. And got hot, and they won like 16 or 17 in a row to end the season and, and finished with the number two or three seed in the East. It, it is possible for them to still climb the standings after a, a slow start. Yeah, um, the, the Celtics did this last year. I think the Celtics were under 500 right around New Year's Day, and then they were you know, the best team in the NBA, certainly in the Eastern Conference, from January 1st until they made the NBA Finals. So, that I mean, it's the season's not over. It's super early, but not a great start here. For the Sixers. 215 592 9494 to hop in. We can throw the Sixers in. Of course, the Phillies. I, I have to say, I think the people tonight have done a pretty good job. I feel a little bit better. I mean, if you ask me right now, do I feel like the, the Phillies are definitely going to go to Houston and win two games? I don't. But I do feel a little bit better. I don't know if it's just the emotion of some of our callers or Tucker talking about Taylor Swift. By the way, we had a listener earlier who very much appreciate, I got a message, very much appreciate the Taylor Swift reference and thinks that we need to have more of that. Was it a female listener? Yes. That's one thing I'm trying to do is is grow our audience into that mid to late 20s female female uh, category. I mean, you can never have too many people listening to the show, and that's uh, that's certainly a demographic that Yeah, we... I mean, everyone talks about men 25 to, to 54 as the main demographic. Not for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for women aged 23 to 31. Um, so... <laughs> Not personal. I was going to say we should just cut that audio. So um, Kimberly tw- uh, sent us a message saying she is 100% here for all the Taylor references. Please bring them. Um, and then I went and, and looked at her, her profile. Well, the third thing it says is lover of Taylor Swift. Well, there you go. So I think this is this is beyond just a, a like a normal reference. I think this is, we have a super Taylor Swift fan listening to this I get show. It. I mean, we appreciate it. You have many options out there to listen to what you want to do, and you're hanging out with us, listening to Taylor Swift and us, and we, we threw the references. But the bottom line is, I do feel a little bit better as this night's gone on. Don't you think eventually a Philadelphia team just has to come back from being down 3-2? Yeah. yeah. I just feel like it's never happened in my lifetime, so why not now? Eventually, the, the law of large numbers should work out to where it just it just happens. Yes. Um yeah, I mean, eventually it is going to happen, right? You get in the playoffs enough, you play enough playoff series. Eventually, you're going to come back from a big deficit and, and win a, a something special like this. The one thing I, I think for tomorrow that we haven't talked too much about because we keep making it about Wheeler and Suarez and who's you know how many innings they get at Wheeler tomorrow. They really need a lead early tomorrow, like a first inning lead. I know last night Schwarber responded with the home run and they tied the game. I I was down there in Houston last week. That crowd felt nervous energy. Like, I think they're used to now blowing World Series. They did it to the Braves. They did it to the Nationals. The Phillies came back 5-0. There's a nervous energy in there. I don't think they're a very confident fan base, even though they have the more talented team. They just don't strike me that way. I believe if the Phillies get up tomorrow night early, first inning, second inning, two-run home run by Reese or somebody, 
there will be nervous energy in that park. And I'm not sure how the Astros respond, how Dusty responds, how that team responds. My fear tomorrow is they get up early. They get two or three runs off a of wheeler in the first, and then it's like, oh, no. It's like it's loud, and it's just a it's an atmosphere where they kind of are counting the outs down to a World Series championship. That worries me more than anything else. I, I agree, and this is a Phillies team that's done very well when they score first, right? I don't think they've blown a, a big lead outside of that lead in San Diego where Aaron Nola blew a 4 nothing lead. They've done very well protecting these. I mean, look at their bullpen. Outside of that Alvarado mishap where he came in for Nola in Game 4, their bullpen hasn't allowed a run in the World Series. The the Eflin and, and Sir Anthony Dominguez and Bilotti and Brogdon, you go down the list, they, they've all been fantastic at shutting down the Astros. If they can jump on Valdez early, you don't need six or seven, but if you can put up two or three in the first couple innings and, and just scratch out an early lead, not only do I think that would pretty much take the crowd out of it, I, I think that would give a lot of confidence to this team. Yeah, I think it would too. They need that tomorrow night, and and hopefully Zach Wheeler can pitch at a decent level. I'm not I'm not at the point where I'm expecting. Like, I'd be su- really surprised, just based on reading between the lines, if the Wheeler that pitched – doesn't it feel like a long time ago that Zach Wheeler pitched a, a historic game against the Padres to start off the NLCS? And he pitched great in the closeout game too. It's not that long ago. No, I mean, he threw, what, six innings, gave up two runs in the, the yeah. second game against yeah. San Diego? Or the it was the second start, fifth game. But, I mean, that was a week ago. And it, it feels like forever. It feels like, it feels like a high-performance car that suddenly ran out of gas or something stopped working. Like, this thing was zooming, and it was like, wow. And now it's like, are we sure they can get out of the garage with this thing tomorrow? Yeah, it, it certainly is worrisome because as much as we want them to – get off to an early lead. I mean, think back to how Houston attacked him early. The four pitches into the game, it was 2 nothing. Yeah, and hopefully that tomorrow is the opposite. They need runs early, and they need to get something. I'll, I'll take five innings and a run or two out of Zach Wheeler before the bullpen comes in and takes it over. All right, tomorrow night should be fun. So tomorrow I will be on after the uh, the game with Tom Kelly. We'll do extended post game tomorrow um, with TK. But right now, before we, uh, we, we get anywhere else on this show – I think it's time to go over fan, go over to our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook and look at my favorite plays for the NFL this weekend. And usually, we do this with the Eagles, right? We'll put it together a parlay, a same-game parlay. I think we did one recently on a Monday night game with the Chargers and the Broncos and almost gave you a full hit over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So, I'm always on FanDuel. Last night, I put in a same-game parlay. And what's really cool is you could put in a same-game parlay plus. Like, you could, you could combine... Bets from multiple games in a one. In fact, last night, uh, I do the BetQL Daily Show on the BetQL Network, and we put together one last yesterday before the games, uh, a Philly-Philly parlay. Now, it didn't hit, but I was excited about it because it combined a bunch of props from each game. You could do it. Uh, you know, you could pick a baseball. You could do one, the Phillies. If we get to a game seven on Sunday, you could put them in with a bunch of NFL props. So, uh, yesterday, I'll tell you about the one we did yesterday, and then I'll give you the, my favorite plays for this coming weekend. Yesterday... Put in one for the World so World Series Game 5 and the Eagles-Texans. Yesterday, we had a same-game parlay, same-game parlay plus, two different games. Phillies money line, Schwarber home run, over 7.5 in the baseball game, Marsh 2-plus total bases, Eagles first half, Sanders over, Hurts touchdown. Now, I mean, only, what, like three or four of them hit it. It was not a winning parlay, but it was fun. You could do it over at FanDuel Sportsbook with a same-game parlay, the Philly-Philly parlay yesterday. Here's what I got for... Sunday. Here are my favorite plays for Sunday over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, and you could combine them into to one big parlay. So I'm going to go with a couple games I like 
And then a couple props as well. Here, we'll start with the games. A couple underdogs I like. And I wouldn't be surprised if both went outright. First one, I can't believe that the Seattle Seahawks are an underdog in Arizona on Sunday. I mean, I don't want to admit, the Seattle's a better team. They have the, a quarterback playing at a higher level. They have a better coach. They just played this team a few weeks ago and beat this team a few weeks ago. And I think they are very well equipped to go on the road in a place that doesn't really have a home field advantage. We just saw Arizona a few weeks ago. And win the game outright. I will take the two points with Seattle on the road against Arizona. Second favorite play this week over at FanDuel Sportsbook. I like the commanders with Taylor Heineke to cover the number at three and a half against the the Minnesota Vikings. I, I know Minnesota's 6-1. and Their only loss this season is here. Feels like a really weird spot for Minnesota on the road. And the commanders' defense has got a really good pressure rate this season. They've gotten after quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts was able to kind of navigate through that and throw the ball down the field. Kirk Cousins has not handled pressure nearly as well as, say, Jalen Hurts did. I, I believe the commanders' pass rush will get to Kirk Cousins, force him to throw the ball earlier than he wants, kind of take away some of the advantage he has with his receivers against the commander's secondary. I will take the three and a half points. Washington keeps it close. I wouldn't be surprised they upset the Vikings on Sunday. So I'll go Seattle plus two, Washington plus three and a half, and then I got a total I like. I, I think what the Falcons and Chargers, interesting game on Sunday – they both do one thing offensively that the other team can't stop defensively. So the Chargers are the worst run defense in the NFL. They're even worse than the Eagles right now. They're allowing like five and a half yards a carry. And all the Falcons do is run the football. And they run it really, really effectively. And I, I think they will have a great game on the ground between Marcus Mariota uh, Algier, Huntley, they can run the football. And I guess tomorrow we're going to find out if Cordell or Patterson's going to come back in that game. So they could have their full complement of running backs and the, and the quarterback runs it as well. I like their side on offense. And I also think the Chargers, after a bye week, probably the best that, ju- that uh, Justin Herbert has felt in probably a month because of the rib injury he has. I think they'll move the football. Austin Eckler's going to have a ton of catches, ton of yards. I like the over in that game. That feels like a high-scoring game on the track, in the Dome, in Atlanta, and remember the Falcons, after what P.J. Walker did to them last week, I mean, if P.J. Walker's doing that, I think Justin Herbert could do it. And that game went to overtime. I always think teams off of overtime games, that you're lethargic the next week. I like the over in this game. Give me over 49.5 in the Chargers and the Falcons on Sunday. I think we're getting a, a high-scoring game down there in the Dome. We could use it. In our, with our fantasy team. Yeah, that, that would certainly certainly help. So who do we have going in that game? We have um, uh, the the wide receiver we picked up, Palmer. Joshua Palmer. We have any other Falcons and or Chargers? That's we our may guy. not. I, I like that one. I got high scoring again. I think Palmer has a big day. So I like Washington plus the three, Seattle plus two. I, I mean, we have Geno Smith. I mean, the people need to know how our fantasy team's doing in the WIP league. Uh, Tucker and I are, are we're in the thick of a playoff race despite losing our quarterback. Trey Lance very early in the season. We've and regrouped. our second-round pick, Javante Williams. We've regrouped. I, I have to say, I think it's one of the better coaching jobs in our league this year. Just notice that. I I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, that's because it's it's we're doing it, so we're Yeah, gonna... I mean, like, could we say Turtle, who has, like, 200 more points than anyone else in the league, is having a better season because he has Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on his team? Maybe. 
But that's but you tr- don't win manager of the year for having the best team. No, that's you tr- win it for your best coaching job throughout the season. That's draft night stuff. He had a better draft than we did. We we are yeah. piecing this thing together, and we're in the and thick of it. And we had to work a Phillies game the night at the draft. You're right. I mean that. Yeah, and you know what? And we got beat to the punch. We were about to take Hertz. He got taken by our our brand manager here. So I mean things happen, but we're, we're competing, and I think we'll get some big points on Sunday over. Chargers and the Falcons. All right, two more, and these are props for you over at FanDuel Sports. We could put it together in a, in a big same-game parlay. I'm going to go over one-and-a-half touchdown passes for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's done the six of eight games this year. He didn't even do much on Monday night. It felt like they didn't play well, and he still had two touchdowns. Joe Burrow over one-and-a-half touchdown passes is almost an automatic play for me each week, and it's it's pretty interesting. When, when the Bengals have struggled offensively with Joe Burrow, when they've lost, when they've struggled, haven't scored many points like last week, they've bounced back in those games. They've averaged over 31 points per game after being held under 20 with Burrow at the quarterback position. Over one and a half touchdown passes, Burrow against the Panthers. Last one for you, Jones. Aaron Jones of the Packers has torched the Lions. Like, he owns the Lions. He's averaged like 143 all-purpose yards against them last three games. Lions' run defense is horrendous. Their defense is horrendous. They're firing coaches over there. Give me Aaron Jones over 64 rushing yards this weekend for the Packers. So, Burrow over one and a half touchdowns. Jones over 64 and a half uh, rushing yards. You can also look at his prop for rushing and receiving. Commanders plus three and a half. Seahawks plus two. And the Chargers and the Falcons over 49 and a half. What do you think of those plays, Tucker? I would add in Carolina plus seven and a half against Cincinnati. Oh, you think we're getting a close game? I, I do. You look at, at Carolina or Cincinnati, they're missing their top two cornerbacks, Mike Hilton and um what's his name? Uh Chidobia Wuzier. Yes. He he's out as well. And this is the third straight week that PJ Walker has gone up against backup cornerback tandems because Atlanta was missing. Their top two cornerbacks, and so was uh, Tampa Bay mm. two weeks ago when he beat them. And not only that, I mean, Cincinnati's missing Jamar Chase. And I know T. Higgins is, is having a great year, and Tyler Boyd is probably the best number three wide receiver in football, but Carolina's defense is sneaky. They they have a decent secondary. They have a decent pass rush. They could make it close. I, I don't know if they win, but 7.5 is a lot for a game that I'm not sure it's going to be all that high scoring. Yeah, and I don't think the Bengals coach is a great coach. I know he was in the Super Bowl last year, but Zach Taylor's kind of a – he's just all right. So I don't think he's out schemes and, and kind of blows the doors off him. I like that. So we'll throw the Panthers plus the 7.5. Throw it in the same game parlay over at FanDuel Sportsbook and have yourself a weekend. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night after game number six. We'll be on with TK for an extended post game. Hopefully – getting ready for a Game 7, or we'll say goodbye to the season. It's weird to say after this crazy run. You guys have a great night. Uh, And, of course, coming up next, it's what I'm watching for, what to watch for, sponsored by Xfinity, the fast internet in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of Xfinity Lounge. I'm watching and listening see what Sean Bell has to say. He's up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.